Set aside your fantasy and sci-fi doorstoppers. Sometimes big ideas come in small packages. This is Word Less. How'd your week go, Mark? Hey, I had a great week. What about you? Well, I'm almost an empty nester. My baby graduated from high school this week. So that's a thing in my life. That's weird. <laughs> so are you the mama bird that pushes the child out of the nest? Or are you kind of going, well, you can leave when you want to. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm. It's all very new and strange to me. Um, both my kids still live with me at this point, but there's a part of me that wants to do both. I'm gotcha. torn. So tonight we're going to be discussing The Builders by Daniel Polanski. I'm so excited because this is the book I recommended to you as opposed to something you recommended me or a set of stories we just agreed upon. And because you are a giant spo- spoil sport and won't tell me what you think, now that we're recording, what did you think? <laughs> I'll start by saying Daniel Polanski is one of my favorite new writers. I call him a new writer. I've read Those Above and Those Below, and I've read his Lowtown trilogy. I adore both of the series. He has a new series coming uh, that has come out. I forget the name of it that I wanted to read. So I was excited when you recommended uh, The Builders to me. It is a perfect, long, short story, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a, it's a novella, novella, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a novella, and it's, it's great. It, it, this must have been one of his early, earlier works because you can kind of see some of the rough edges, but you can see his sense of humor and kind of what he's trying to shoot for, kind of like, you know, theme and tone-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can kind of see how he thinks about books in this. And one thing I'll say is, like, this book kind of confirms something that other people have told me is that, Polanski's very, very well read, and you can tell. Like, you can tell, like, he reads everything just by... The way he uses language is... Yes. So good. I mean, he uses words like bacchanal. He has a whole section in French in this book. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I, I, since you brought it up, did you translate that, uh, that French section? I did not. I got the general gist of it. I did. We'll, we'll save it for later. We'll save okay. it for later. But, oh, my... I laugh. It's very nasty. So far. It's a very nasty. It's very nasty. It is awful. <laughs> so. It was uh, so good. Anyways, other people, other people have asked me about builders since I read it, and I've called it the R-rated sequel to The Secrets of Nim. See, I first of all, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I was terrified. I had nightmares for a week. <laughs> I would call it, and you might have said this, someone said this to me, and I thought that was a better match. It's R-rated Redwall. Yeah, I, I said it was Grimdark Redwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a better yeah. description than the sequel to Nim, yeah. but I, I, I get where you're coming from. It's, it's yeah. a pretty good way to describe the book. The reason I thought Secret to Nim as I started reading it, because they kept on talking about controlling the garden, controlling the garden. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So that's why I thought about that. But anyway, so yeah, so... I, I, I very much enjoyed it. And one thing that really came through clear to me was how nihilistic the book was. Oh, it's I don't so... Know you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that last line in this book, oh my gosh. 
Yeah. That, that was amazing, Ooh, right? It was so amazing. We'll, well talk again. It, we'll save that for later. <laughs> right. Or like in the, it's in the middle of the story where they're like, I can't tell one from the other. Yeah. Me either. Like, yeah. It just, the, the, there's a little hint of it dropped throughout the way. One thing kind of story-wise that, that I really appreciate about this as a novella, and I'm glad that Polanski did it because some books do this. He did it really well here. And I want to point it out is when you're writing a short story, every word, every bit of real estate is really, really important. And so people, authors make decisions. Am I going to have chapters? Am I not going to have chapters? If I have chapters, am I going to number them or am I, or am I going to name them, right? Oh, we're going to talk because about this later. We're going to talk about okay. this later. It's, it's... it. Okay. Well, we're running out things to talk about now. <laughs> no, we're not. Later. We're not. We're not. Because okay. what do you think of the setup? What about the little vignettes? So you have a vignette where the mouse, the captain, goes and visits one of his old crewmates. And then you have them... Well, arriving at the bar wait before we go ahead and start about this do you want to give a general overview of the story no this is this is all just going to be the beginning okay i liked it there's an it's an old it an old movie even for me do you remember the dirty dozen yes kind of who doesn't it, remember the dirty dozen that's an amazing it is, movie <laughs> it is, yeah it's like it's it, it had that kind of flavor to it of like you know the crew getting back together, right? It's kind of like, a, it's almost like a heist movie where like, you know, almost, we gotta yeah. get the, yeah, we gotta get the crew back together for one more run, right? So, and- as, And it's a as, very, it very much also has that Western aesthetic. Like it's a, yes. it's a Western in a lot of respects. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you know, uh, when, when uh, they were talking about, it wasn't Bonsoir. It was uh, actually when they were talking, when they, start talking about like people being near Mexico, basically the, the equivalent of Mexico. And yeah. I'm like, this is very much of a, the good, the bad and the ugly type of feel. And you have the train. And <laughs> I mean, that was, he didn't, it, it's, it feels very post civil war America. The, that's the feeling of it. Yes. In no, fact, I would, I would say it's a, that. it's an analog of post civil war America, except there's Kings and stuff and whatever, but. Well, I would agree with that. And, and what I would say, too, is because you asked specifically about the vignette. So I want to finish the thought just to make sure oh, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no that, that we don't lose it. What, what I like story-wise about it is that as he introduces each character, because this, this is supposed to be a pretty, basically it's a short, violent story, right? Without showing you the action scene by explaining how each character is violent or how they're deadly, he's still able to explain how they're deadly merely through introduction and dialogue. And I like mm -hmm. that. That's something the only I, 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 I much prefer to have a book that makes you imagine and think about through implication rather than give you the spectacle itself. The only one that has actual on-screen violence is the one with Barley, who's the badger. Yes. And, I mean, this book didn't actually make me cry at any point, but there was, that scene was very upsetting to me. <laughs> and he's mm -hmm. like, I know what I, I, do you know what you just did to me? And the captain says, I've made you a killer again. Mm -hmm. And then, well, okay. So, <laughs> let's talk about names. 
Um, and I could be overthinking this a little bit, but it's very interesting that our main character is the captain and does not have a name. And then you have, let's see, I got a list. You have Cinnabar, which is mm-hmm. mercury, a, a mercury compound, and it's very poisonous and deadly and red. You have Barley, and he, Barley is the first cultivated grain that we know of. Mm-hmm. And we have the underground man, and then we have Elf, and we have uh, Bodica, Bodicia, Bodica, Bodica, and she was legends say a per- a woman who basically led an uprising against Rome. That's so right. Do you, so do you think? that there is something to the naming of the characters. Wait, you forgot Bonsoir. Oh, Bonsoir. Yes, Bonsoir. And His uh, name basically is... <laughs> and Reconquista, which means to reconquer. And uh, yeah, Bonsoir, which means good night. Yes, so... Yeah, look, I mean, look, it, it's, it's a very, t- very tongue-in-cheek. I mean, he's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's meant to be tongue-in-cheek. I mean, like, yeah, the... The one who's poisonous and deadly is also the cold-blooded salamander. Like, you know, you, you have all these animals with all these... Uh, and he deliberately plays... Uh, he never really deviates from... The, uh, who you are as an animal defines your personality. That's, that's the joke. That's, that's the point of the book, right? Okay. Weasels are weasley. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, snakes are, like, you know... Snakey, I mean, just, <laughs> a, a, the animals are who they are. He act and he tells you this actually when he uh, is introducing you to Bonsoir, where he's like, you know, there's all these animals, there are all these different things, but a stoat, a stoat does one thing: it kills. That's yeah. what it does. It's a killer, right? And and it kills the most vulnerable, right? And he says it over and over again in that one chapter, and then the rest of the time until the end. Bonsoir is basically the comedy relief. He's comic <laughs> relief until the end. And then he's like, ha ha. And then, you know. So. <laughs> the last laugh. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um, so now we are going to move into spoilers. First, five years after the Civil War has ended, the captain has decided to get the crew back together. The nation is in ruins and a reckoning is overdue. Murder and mayhem ensues. And they seek their lost figurehead, the elder brother, across the continent, all the while concerned that a traitor might be in their midst. A betrayal causes the captain to be captured, the crew rescues him, and all the scores are settled. Only two are left standing, the possum and the mouse. So, let's talk about chapters' names now, because that's something you want. I, I didn't feel like we could go through it unless we did spoilers first. Given the real estate of the book, I, like these chapter names don't work in a longer book. I don't think they work in this book because the chapters themselves are short. Sometimes the chapters themselves are like a paragraph or less, mm-hmm. and so the chapter titles deliberately set the scene. They set the mood or the tone or whatever. They're an integral part of the story. There, there's a time like in the middle of the book where they're. They're basically drinking themselves through the night. The only yep. reason you know they're drinking themselves through the night is because the chapter titles are telling you 
where they're at and kind of what they're doing with a very with an economy of words. Several Is drinks it, later. <laughs> and right, then it's like right. towards the a end of later. the bottle. <laughs> right. right. It's so late it's now morning, right? I yeah. mean it's just yeah. it's it's and I love that, right? It's is it can it be true on the nose? Absolutely. It's so funny though. Just, yeah, but when you're and it work but it works because it's in a novella. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because he's not he he's trying to write concisely and within a short space. And so instead of bending like, you know, uh two or three paragraphs on creating the setting, creating creating the time which you're talking about. He takes care of it in the chapters, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, for example, when you have the uh, no, no, like, what? I'm going to interrupt what? you. I'm going to interrupt you, and here's okay. why: because I want to, I want to say this before, I'm because I'm afraid you're going to say it first. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. My favorite chapter headings is when the possum is in the tree waiting oh, to assassinate. Yeah, and the first one is anticipation. Anticipation one. two, two. Antici- yeah. I think there's three or four of these chapters. They're all one uh-huh. sentence chapters, or maybe two. Uh-huh. And the last one is resolution. Yep. And she blows that freaking skunk's head off, and it's great, and I just love it. Yeah, so. well, look back. You know, and well, that—that's not what I was going to say, but that's a okay. great point because it's like <laughs> anti because uh, it it goes along the same lines of what I was going to say to finish your point. When you're talking about it's anticipation, anticipating what? And then you read the sentence, and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you see anticipation too. Like, I'm getting this sense of, like, you know, build up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. as, every time I see anticipation chapter, I'm like, is it going to happen? No, not yet. Then is it going to happen? No, not yet. And then when it happens, it's not even in her chapter. Yeah. Well, I mean, she does have a chapter where it says resolution and then she pulls the trigger, and that's all that happens. Yeah. That's yeah, right. in the next chapter, right. something about his head disappeared. It's like, right. or actually just rearranged itself all over the room. That's right. Uh, no, what I was what I was thinking about was the Cinnabar chapters where mm-hmm. they'll say, um, question asked, question answered. Right. Like, you know, the price of certainty, right? Mm-hmm. Because Cinnabar is the deadly character, like the overwhelmingly deadly character, right? So right. always kind of setting up because he's almost inevitably going to be in a fight when it's like when you're following him. And so, and just kind of following that, it kind of, it sets the mood every time that title is there. It's like the price of certainty. Oh, okay. Because you've kind of been leading up to what that means and then it happens. So kind of piggybacking on this point what do you think about the fact that we go from different point of view characters and then occasionally we'll have a chapter that's an omniscient narrator so because this is something i I really enjoyed and thought it was great stylistically he did it really well so a he did it well but and i'm going to assume it was deliberate because after having read Daniel's other works, I think everything he does is deliberate. <laughs> I don't think oh, anything one hundred percent deliberate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I first read it, I wondered if it was just a, mis- a young author mistake, a young authorial mistake. I don't think it is, right? Um, and I do like how it switches back and forth. 
because the way it's done, it reminds me of a movie. Yes. Again, the Dirty Dozen or the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Exactly. Something very yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, it's like when you do the, when he does Omniscient View, it's almost like I, I can feel like in my head, like, oh, this is a painting shot, like kind of describing mm-hmm. kind of like what's going on generally. And then you zoom in on the character. That's, that's how it felt like when I read it. Yeah. One of the things, uh, I think my favorite switch is when we get the, the lieutenant's point of view. Where he's like guiding the underground man through the um, through the castle, and oh, we all know that she's harmless. She's just a mole. Blah blah blah, yeah. blah blah. And then he's like listening to the um, oh geez, I don't want to say the name, the skunk and Gertrude talk, and he's like loosening his collar. Yep. <laughs> and it must be the poison. <laughs> yeah. Why is he so? Uh, why is he, Lieutenant? Why are you acting like that? Oh, it's the poison I gave him. He's gonna die soon. So, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it's mostly painless. <laughs> Gertrude yeah. was actually and, a really great character. <laughs> oh, they, they were all really great characters. And I think one thing here. So, look, Polanski's humor is not for everyone. It's a very dark. But I enjoy his humor tremendously. In this book. It's all dark and it's all deadpan. Mm-hmm. All deadpan. Like, you can see, I can see in my mind's eye these people talking completely expressionless. Like, they're not, the, there's not that drum roll afterwards, kind of like, haha, here's the joke. It's completely deadpan. You either get it or you don't. And it's kind of, it's woven into the, the fabric of the story. I like that. I really, really like it. Um, <laughs> when Elf brings the, the rat up <laughs> to the yeah. hill after that whole armadillo scene. And she's like, and, and captain's like, Hey, Hey, what's with, the, what's with the corpse? And Bonsoir says, well, if I carried around all my corpses, I would be dead <laughs> from the weight. <laughs> and then they're like, get rid of the corpse. <laughs> yep. And it's very, very funny to some people. Yes. It's definitely not funny. Well, everyone. Yeah. So you you asked me to save some quotes. So uh, some of the quotes that I thought were funny, I actually saved. So okay. okay. So when we get to the quotes, I'll get to that. The other thing I do like. So he does it in an economy of space, which again I like. Part of the what's interwoven through the story is that five years ago, part of the reason the mal uh, the captain and his crew lost was because there was a traitor, right? Right. And that's kind of woven through the story of like you know who's the traitor? Who's I don't know who the traitor is, and then the elf. The owl says, I know who the traitor is. Everyone's like, do you think she knows? Yeah, I think she knows. Do you know who it is? No. And nobody asks Elf. Elf well, is even say. Yeah, and Bonsoir even says, I don't know. Maybe it was me. I was pretty drunk that night. Maybe I did something. Yeah. <laughs> kind of um, feel. Yeah, so what I thought was interesting is, because I, I, I kind of quickly looked through it again before we talked today. If you look back when you were first introduced to Elf, mm-hmm. when you are first introduced to Elf, he does a, an amazing bit of foreshadowing. He he talks about elf walking, and you hear click 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 click. Oh click, click. yeah, that's, that's the sound yeah, yeah. of the talon, right? And then when the traitor, should we say who the traitor is? Oh yeah, we're in spoilers. Okay, so when Reconquista is sitting there thinking about like you know why like he doesn't have much loose, he wasn't betrayed, and as he's sitting there, and then. You read as he's talking, you hear click, click, basically the words. Yeah, click, yeah, click, yeah. Click on the page. Click, click, click on. And 
I know it's a short book. I didn't catch it at all the first time. I'm like, click, click. I guess that's the rain because it, it describes it was raining. Yeah, and he's like, justifying this whole, this whole time. He's justifying to himself why he's done the things that he's done. That's right. That's right. And then that click is actually the sound of Elf's talons, right? Mm-hmm. And she she gets him. Man. And the tension is just built so perfectly in that scene. It really is. And <laughs> it's also what what I like about it is because Polanski in this book, the animals the animals are true to their nature. Right. Owls kill rats. That's what owls do. Owls kill rats. They also kill mice though. They don't kill she doesn't okay. kill the captain. I'm just saying. Yeah, but she, she kills she kills rats, right? And well, there's no, and she... there's no per- there's no particular love or affection between Owl and the captain. She just follows orders. Um, and she is also her former lover, the Quaker, who is a rattlesnake, yep. which I love the fact that he's named the Quaker, which means yeah. to shake. <laughs> they have this death battle, and they even have this, co- the mole and um, Cinnabar have this whole conversation about how, well, you can't avoid your nature. We are what we are. And they were lovers, and they stopped being lovers at the end of the Civil War at some point. Because Quaker was originally with the captain. That's right. And then they kill each other, because owls and snakes do that to each other. They kill each other. So it's very cool. Okay, I think that's all of the main topics I wanted to talk about. Do you have something else you want to talk about before we start doing quotes? There's one scene in particular. It wasn't... How to explain this? I, I just thought it was a nice bit of flavoring to the book. Um, it didn't play directly into the story. It kind of it was kind of part of the story, but it's still really cool. It was a chapter called "The Soul of a Shrew." Oh, and, I love that! I love that. Yeah, and was where Gertrude was pretending to be this this ditzy. Um, Where's my luggage? <laughs> yeah, and, and totally threw the shrew off and got everybody on board. I mean, like, I know it was written as comic relief. I know what he was trying to do. I'm like, okay, fine. And I still laughed. I still like enjoyed it tremendously. It was it was fun. So Well, I like the idea that he doesn't even like trains because they're too noisy. What he likes to do is push people around and like yeah. oh I business days, by the way, are only Tuesdays and every other Thursday. So you'll see yeah. your luggage in 10 biz- business days and you're just like Anybody who's been through an airport knows that person has done it, yes. encountered that person. I'm sorry your ticket isn't going to work. I, yeah, no, no, it's not going to work tomorrow either. I'm really sorry about that. I, nope, there's nothing I can do to help. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything else I can do to assist? Uh, right. It's And it's so funny because he's completely uncurious. He just likes checking his boxes. And then he realizes that he's He's on the train with the elder brother, and no, the younger. Oh no, no, yeah, no, no, the, the elder. Older, the elder, you're right, you're right, you're right. The right, elder, right. and um, he's like, he never even thought, and then he saw them trying to break in, and he's like, he runs in and he closes the door, and he says, "We just got to keep them out. We just got to close the door." And then you have Bonsoir standing behind him saying, "Yes, closing the door. That was a great idea." Yep. And it's just like, woo! <laughs> and there's all these little moments in the story that are like that. And it's yes. and you can sit down and read it in an afternoon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lisa, on my ebook, it was 121 pages. So it's a fast read. 
Yeah. And oh, the narrator, by the way, is excellent. The guy who narrates it is great. Um, do you think the twists in the story are cheats? I don't yeah. know what you mean by the So what do you mean by the twist? Is it, is it there's the, the, no, there's three that I'm, I'm, there's three I'm thinking of. The first one, they, it's revealed that the elders was actually a pile of bones. To the, when um, the captain is talking to the younger. But this is like, that happened at the beginning of the story. And this is at the very, very end of the story. So um, you you knew the but you knew the elder was dead through implication but it was, when they got to the train. Kind of, but not really. It was it was pretty clear. Oh. Because y'all went, well, no, damn. I'm well, an idiot then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the dumb one, apparently. Because they were like, well, because all, all the crew was like, well, shit, what are we gonna do now? And the captain was like, well, it doesn't change anything. Yeah, I mean that's fair, I guess. But I wasn't expecting the reveal, and I'm done. Okay, okay and now I've lost my train of thought because I, I feel you like there were two other was. there were two other twists. I know, um, Gertrude is also the traitor. So, but only kind says, of the traitor. She's not completely the traitor. She's not a traitor at all. So the skunk goes out of his way to say, "I have another traitor." He says yeah. that to, but to the fox. she does betray the captain and. And the skunk says, yes, she does, because she, she make, knocks him unconscious, and the skunk thinks that she is on his side. She's a double agent. Or triple agent, depending on how you do the math. Sometimes you need the paper. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it is. She, the, the captain ensured that the people, remember, the people who went with him this time were all people that he could trust. Reconquista never went. Now, allegedly it was because he was like, you know, half torn to shreds. The captain knew who the traitor was. I, I feel confident in that. So he took the he people really? he knew he could trust. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And then the skunk. So he was anticipating the skunk trying to turn one of them. And so I, I think this was part of the plan. You think that the captain told Gertrude to go to him? Yes. I don't think that's the case. Okay. I don't. Okay. And I'm trying to remember what the other twist was. Maybe our readers can, our, our listeners can tell us what they our, think. Our, our thousands of listeners that we have, guys, because we're super famous. Um, <laughs> no, but I think that it's definitely open to interpretation. I think. And now I can't remember what the other twist is. Oh, well. I'm sure it was super important. Okay, so quotes. Is it all of them dying? Everybody dying? That's yeah. Well, Maybe it, that that is that doesn't really count as. It wasn't quite a twist, though. No, you you expect everybody to die. Yeah, in fact, I'm surprised that the captain lived. Well, one person dead. had to live. One person had to live because you know somebody's got to be able to tell the story, right? I guess the possum could have though, because there's no way she died. Not in that mess. She was like a half a mile away. That's right. Oh, this isn't a twist, but it's a part I really love is when Bonsoir blows up the cat. <laughs> okay, say, say, let's save it for the best scenes. The best <laughs> it's not even on my best. I just love it. <laughs> it's part of my quotes. All right. Oh, okay. Well, then, quote. 
Are you want me to do a quote? Yeah, unless you have something else you want to talk about. Well, I'm going to do them in order. So we're going to alternate. I don't have them ranked. Well, no, I'm going to do them by order they appear in the book. This one is in the chapter called So Late as to be Early. They've all been talking about, like, you know, who was the possible traitor uh, and, and why they were doing what they were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why they were, like, you know, going through the Civil War. And it begins with Cinnabar. Funny thing about it, Cinnabar began softly, I didn't like the Elder. I can never tell one from the other, Gertrude admitted. They're going through this whole fight over something that, they, that everyone recognizes won't make a difference at all. Yep. I thought that was pretty powerful. It was. So I don't have them ordered in any particular way. And I have way more than three, but I'm only going to do three. So this oh, is. I ha- I'm going to go through all mine. So you can go through we, all yours. We, we can't do. Oh, okay. Are we going to switch off? Yes. Okay. So this is in regards to Elf. And this is after the scene I described earlier in the podcast where she has the the corpse and nobody really likes her. They, she kind of creeps everybody out. Well, she's creepy. Yeah, she is creepy. I mean, the owls are kind of creepy, right? I mean, the canar. anyway, they're talking about why she's so weird and they're throwing out all these different things. And Cinnabar says, wasn't that either. It was the ground. She wasn't meant to for it. And she's spent the last five years hobbling. That would drive anyone crazy. That was good. Yeah, I kind of, it's, well, it tells you Elf's mental state. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Well, well that's what I like. Like, all this is done with an economy of words. So mm-hmm. you're getting, like, all this information in very few words, right? So this one, I picked this one because it's, it's an example of uh, the humor in the book. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in the chapter called South south of the border. And then, uh, these are the weasels talking to Cinnabar. You must be the dragon, Bessie Weasel said. Cinnabar didn't respond. You don't look like no dragon to me. You ever seen a dragon? The captain asked. No. Then your opinion don't hold much weight. (laughs) That makes me laugh. I'm sorry. No, it's funny. It's it's funny. That's it. It's it's funny. (laughs) Oh, this is what uh, Bonsoir sees when he sees Puss. Puss wa- Puss's watch costs more than his vest, and his vest costs more than a house than his boots, and his boots cost more than a house. I just—it's funny because he's Puss in boots. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and his his boots cost. Um, more than a house. <laughs> and if you think about the yeah. story of Puss in Boots, yep, <laughs> that checks. <laughs> okay, yep. go ahead. So I, I actually had one. We already talked about it earlier, which is the, the title names. And I like the, the, the title called The Price of Certainty. So I'll go on to the next one. This is, they're drinking again, right? And they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out who the traitor is. There's a lot of drinking in this book. <laughs> There's a lot of drinking. They're always drinking whiskey. <laughs> so this one is with the jugs half empty and they're trying to figure out who the uh, traitor is and nobody knows who the traitor is 
the only thing we know for sure is that the elf knows who the traitor is. Nobody else knows who the traitor is. And I loved this, like, this little short dialogue. I'm pretty sure it wasn't me, Boswan said. <laughs> Harley laughed, but he wasn't. Yep. Like, I almost missed it the first time that I'm like, oh, wait. They're going through this, and nobody actually knows if the other person with them is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I thought that was good. This is when the captain is looking for Gertrude. And he says to, I believe it's the guinea pig, if I remember correctly. Everybody knows the devil, but not everyone works for her. I don't know nothing about it. I stick to my business. Now the captain did smile, though she wished he hadn't. Let's hope that's enough to save you. <laughs> that's good, huh? Mm. And, and it's so funny because at this point you don't know that Gertrude is this little old lady mole. That's right. And there was a scene actually in the, uh, there's so many scenes in the bar that, uh, that were just so good. <laughs> With the captain. Are you going to read the guinea pig one? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I should, but I'm not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go to the paragraph called Not a Frenchman. Mm-hmm. Where Puss in Boots is talking to uh, Bonsoir. Mm-hmm. Your homeland, is it? And I'm not even... I will try to read... I, should I try to read French? Because I really can't, but... Anyways... Okay. There's this whole thing in French where he's talking to him directly in French. And it was like, he says all this stuff in French and it says, Bonsoir didn't answer. And the reason that that matters is once I translate it, Bonsoir is very sensitive to the fact that he's a stoat. He's a stoat. You don't mm -hmm. call him any other animal. He will uh, automatically aggressively attack you if you call him anything else other than a stoat. The translation of what was said is, and where are you, you idiot little ermine? You stupid ferret shit brain? You purulent fool false thing? <laughs> I'm like, whoa! But the thing I took away is if Boswan knew he was called an ermine at that time, he would have responded aggressively and attacked at that time because at the end, uh, the cat dies because he calls him an ermine and Boswan cannot tolerate being called anything but a stoke. What I love about that scene in general is that he's talking to Puss and Puss interrupts him and says, what is with that ridiculous accent? <laughs> you, that's oh. when you find out that he's not actually a Frenchman. He just calls himself that. He's like, do these Americans, like, he doesn't say Americans, do they actually buy into this act? <laughs> oh, I know. Everything about the cat was hilarious. I'm like, are you kidding me? Then again, it's Antonio Banderas, isn't it? Who's the, the cat's voice? In, in, in Shrek. In, in Shrek, yes. All right, so at least he comes by his accent, honestly. In the, um, in the book, or whoever's narrating uh, the audiobook does Puss's um, accent as a British accent. Everybody, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And and the, anyway, the idea is, of course, that they knew each other before they came to America, and right. <laughs> and the stoat's been putting on airs this whole time. 
Um, so the last one I want to read is very, very short. The captain gets thrown into solitary, co- well, confinement with this squirrel. And this squirrel doesn't even know how long he's been there. And the only reason he hasn't been executed is because of a clerical error. So maybe the <laughs> sugar was involved with that. <laughs> but he he's like, tell me a story. And he he threatens him in all these different ways. And then finally he says, the squirrel says to the captain, tell me a story or I'll cry. And the captain mm-hmm. tell the story. And we, it just, I, I say this a lot. We need stories. And this poor squirrel has been, all he wants is a story. And he's breaking because he's all by himself most of the time. And it's just, um, I just thought it was powerful. Yeah. You're right. It's a good, it's a good one. I only have one more quote. Okay. I have one, one quote and I'm done. Okay. Okay. We don't build. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I'm like, that is a great way to end the story. Do you remember when I said, I cannot wait till you get to the last line in the book? Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's the last line of the book. And it's like the perfect buildup because the, the, he, he, he's taunting you with the name of the book. The book is called the builders. So yep. Polanski is literally mocking you when you buy the book. You think you're buying something. You are not buying what you think you're buying. Um, you're buying total destruction is what you're buying. Yes, you're buying. This is a story about revenge. Stop. It, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Also, it's revenge. And, it, and it's, it. it's even sadder because there's this poor little servant man, Vol. He's a Vol. And he just looks at the captain and says, and looks at all the destruction. And he says, who will rebuild? And the captain takes out his cigar, looks at the bowl, says, we don't build. Nope. I know, <laughs> I know. Look, if you think about it, we've been following these guys the whole time, right? The, the captain and all them. Yep. Um, and you get sprinkles throughout. Like we, you know, we have where the, uh, the the team doesn't know, can't tell the difference between the guy who's on the throne and the guy who isn't on the throne. I mean, there's one point of view you can look at it is we've been following the bad guys the whole time. Yeah. Because the the skunk at least like is trying to run the country. He's yeah. trying to keep people like, you know, safe, trying to run the government, trying to keep the country running. Yeah, and that's Captain what that quote that I couldn't care less. Right. And that's what that quote was about. Like, he thought he was going to get, like, party time. He's like, and actually, it's just administration. What uh-huh. am I going to do about the crop yields, and the taxes, and the... <laughs> I, it's like, I'm not having any fun anymore. And then he finds out that the mouse is still alive. And he's like, finally, I can have some fun. Hunt down yep. the mouse. <laughs> but at least the skunk tried. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So... At the, think... the day, my, at the end of the day, my at the end of the day, my my take is we follow the bad guys the whole time. Um, at the end of the day, my take is they're all bad guys. Like there are literally no redeemable characters in this story. <laughs> I think they're all terrible people. <laughs> I'm well. I'm I'm not saying that they're good people, but at least the skunk like is trying to make the country run. He's uh-huh. trying to make the country work. Well, I mean, if we're, gonna look, also... if we're gonna look on the ledger for one good. What what is what is the 
good quality for each side. At least on the skunk side, he's trying to run the government. But he also has purposely addicted the ruler to drugs, and all he does is supply him drugs. Okay. And sex. And he did okay. it. I mean, it's that's not good. I'm not saying the skunk's a good guy. Um, you, t- tell me, tell me a redeeming quality of, of of the team that we followed. Well, Barley at least was trying to put himself together. All right, he he still like turned, was a berserk killer and and died at the end. Next, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the only one. <laughs> so basically, we followed a whole well, bunch of Elf, people. Well, Elf, I guess knew. Elf is not. I I would say Elf is. You, she's nuts. You, she's a crazy lunatic, but she's not a. She's not bad. She's just crazy. Okay, so so the 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 best person out of the team we followed is insane. Yes, I think I'm right. We follow the bad guys and the builders. Okay, that's fine. That's my take. We follow. I'm not. It's fine. I mean, I enjoyed it. The, 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 it was a charming story, and I, I like the story. But we we follow the bad guys. Okay, I concede. And your wife said I was the smart one. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's right. <laughs> well, whatever. I've clearly... This is not as bad... Never mind. I don't want to cross-reference other podcasts I've been on. <laughs> it's not... This isn't a deep story, but, you know, it, this, it's, that, that was just my take. I disagree. You know? I think it has some very poignant moments that are actually very deep. Okay. Like, the idea of... I mean... The quote I read about Elf and what Cinnabar said about her, about how when something that is intrinsic to your being is taken away from you, how badly it hurts your your life, your world, your ability mm-hmm. to just be. So. What I think is interesting is, like, when I read the story, I see Mephetic the skunk, and I see the captain, the mouse, and I see... Um, like you know, all these other characters, and then I think to the first book I ever read of Daniel Polanski, which is the Low Town, which is Low Town by, and the main character is the Warden. And I'm sitting here going, "Huh, he's got a little bit of the Captain in him. He's got a little bit of the Skunk in him. He's got a little bit. He's got like you can tell. At least my view is Polanski has been building this this Uber character or this Ur character." Uh, the warden by working on these other stories until he created it until he created this, this character called the warden i thought that was neat i have only read the first one okay well i know i know i know people feel differently about the other two books again i'm not a person who needs spectacle to be entertained by a book i am perfectly happy with a whole bunch of dialogue and politicking and like you know seeing things by implication trying to piece it together it works just fine for me. Like, you know, the book can be seemingly aimless and laying on a spot. All that kind of stuff works for me. There's plenty of books that are like that. I don't need the spectacle. I just, I don't. There's other people who, that's what they, they come, they come to fantasy for that purpose. Entertain me, give me my spectacle, right? I um, want wizards well, blowing shit up. That's what I want. That's right. That's right. And the Low Towns books two and three, um, she, uh, Tomorrow the Killing is She Who Waits. They're more on the side of what I just said, dialogue and politics and, you know, seeming, seeming aimlessness and much less on the spectacle side. And 
that's more but my this, jam than the spectacle. But this book has some pretty spectacle 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 thing. <laughs> spectacle for sure. I mean, oh my gosh, spectacle. that that scene where the badger's mowing down all the rats as they're and blocking the way. It's pretty cool. So good. But the reason it works, the reason it works is because if you think about it, it's because it's white. It was, huh? It, it but, was, but, it, it wasn't all the time. It was like, every... it happened once, like where, where he kind of showed why people were so terrified of him and why he was so, man, I've killed more, more people than I can count. Right. You know, but, the air hung heavy throughout the book with the expectation of violence. And like these guys like ha- are, are dangerous in their own ways. Right. But you get it through dialogue and through implication. Right. The author doesn't sit there. The, the author doesn't sit there and show you a flashback scene of barley mowing down people in the past. Right. 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 You just see the results of it kind of afterwards. And then you get that one scene of spectacle in your, and then it causes you to connect back to the previous words, and you kind of go, "Oh, actually, that happens, I see." That happens twice because he also kills all the rats in the barn outside the armadillo's house That's with right. his Gatling gun. And I love, right. but what, but what's interesting is, is it's downplayed because he's having this conversation with Gertrude as he's putting the gun together, and she's bitching about how she is so smart and speaks seven languages and blah blah blah, and. What does he want me to do? The captain wants me to dig a hole. So it's very underplayed that he then mows down all the rats. It takes like five seconds for him to. Absolutely. Or everyone talks about Cinnabar. And how fast Cinnabar, you, are, you, are you really that fast? Do you really want to try me? No. Do you re- I mean, it's always like, he's not even threatening people. He's like stating a fact. Do you really want to know? Is this, I mean, I, I can almost see Cinnabar with like a bored affectation. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you, I mean, you can try whatever, right? <laughs> you know, and, and then I like it when an author crafts a persona without ha- without having to. He te- it's described to you without him having to show you through through some type of bloody spectacle. I will the say, bloody spectacle is not necessary. Okay, this is so off topic, but when I read that scene where he's talking to the weasels. <laughs> I literally thought about the conversation between Bart the sheriff and Wilde's character. Jeez, I'm blanking on his name. In Blazing Saddles. He's like, and then I turned around and it was a six-year-old boy. (laughs) (laughs) And I hung up my guns. (laughs) I was like, anyway, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. Anyway. I recommend look, I recommend the builders to anybody who wants a short story. Polanski also has a duology called Those Above and Those Below. I highly recommend that too if you want to go through a, a shorter a short series as well. Those are both excellent shorter books that you can grab a hold of. Okay, well thank you so much for joining us. Our music is Better Days by John Worthy. I'm Allison and this is Mark. Bye, guys. No, no, I'm going to get this right. I promise. It is when...